Hi, and welcome back to uh, PH Expanded with Mike McDonald. Uh, thank you for reading the blog this morning, and uh, I appreciate that. Uh, I wanted to expand on the uh, positives in the game because there were there were many. Um, even though my opening piece was a bit of a rant, I suppose, and somewhat frustrated at the past, still hanging on to that, I guess. But uh, there were many positives, so I wanted to talk about them. Uh, firstly, um, the sliding doors moment in the game, I felt. Uh, in actual fact, I, I wrestled with this. I was, uh, you know, debating between Aubameyang's first goal because, you know, that injection of happiness when a player in your squad, um, from a player's perspective, I think, when a player in your squad who you hasn't scored all season, hasn't scored in pre-season, finally gets a goal, it doesn't just affect that player, does it? I think we've all played on teams where we're desperate for somebody to have that success again, especially a nice guy like Aubameyang. So I think uh, that was part of it. But I think, honestly, it was the West Brom high line. I think that was the sliding doors moment in the game. For some reason, they decided to do that with a, a young, inexperienced team um, against very pacey forwards, probably because they'd seen Arsenal before. And again, as I said in my blog, we're not very good at playing the game. We we tend to play the plan, um, which can be the monotonous, you know, horseshoe slow passing patterns, uh, regardless of the space that, that they've given us, and uh, they gave us you know forty yards behind their high line. But for whatever reason today, we decided to exploit it. Um, so I think that West Brom uh, giving us that opportunity was the catalyst. Um, and maybe I should give Arteta credit. Maybe he was pushing today where maybe he should have in the past for us to play the game and play what's in front of us, uh, which was that high line and that space. And we all saw Aubameyang and Pepe both making lots of runs uh, off the ball. You know, sometimes they got the ball, sometimes they didn't. But, you know, the point is that they were willing and we were willing to give it. So I think that's the the sliding doors moment there. Um, so here's some positives. Uh, I've got... A list of five or six. Um, some of you who have been reading my work for a while may remember uh, about six months ago I was encouraged by a journalist to write a, a letter to Mr Arteta uh, which of course seems insane, pointless um, because he's not going to read it. Don't know that he ever did, didn't ever hear anything uh, back um, but I make that point because uh, in the letter, um, I was encouraged to just give my thoughts on what I think Arsenal, you know, maybe are lacking. So I knew he would never respond and I knew it was somewhat foolish anyway. But I did it because why not, right? Um, just for fun. So I just mentioned that I felt that um, the future of Arsenal had to involve deception. It had to involve flair, creativity. And I'm a big fan as a coach of deception and having your players, um, you know, uh, feel um, from you as a coach that they have um, allowances to to be creative and potentially lose the ball. Um, I think that's a big issue, perhaps the biggest that Mikel Arteta has. I think he's a controller. I don't think it. I know it. Seen enough of it. I know it. You know it too, I guess. Um, and those flare moments where we do something off the cuff, 
that may go wrong are just so rare. And you know, there was a moment, wasn't there, where Odegaard on the halfway line received a ball with a player on his back and flicked it around the corner to Elneny, who I think played um, played one of our players. And we scored off that goal. My brain has just left me as to which goal that was. That doesn't matter. The point was that uh, Odegaard took a risk. He was played with deception and it worked. And of course, the higher level of player you get. So when you sign a player uh, like Odegaard, the chances of your um, deception uh, working are greater because the player is greater. So maybe we will see more of that as we get a higher quality of player. But um, those moments are also what lifts a fan off their seat. It's what we sort of watch for, isn't it? It's not just the win, if we're if we're honest. We want um, we want to see a moment, don't we? When we watch football, I do. I want to see multiple moments, and I don't mind if they go wrong. You know, unless they're foolish and done at the wrong time, I want to see us try. I don't care less. And again, as a coach, about passing percentages, I think that that is killing so many professional footballers who are obsessed with not losing the ball. So they play safe, they play backwards. You might remember football, you know, 10 years ago, 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. There wasn't anywhere near as much safe football and passing the ball backwards and receiving in midfield and giving it right back. And I get it. You've got to play a staple to your back and you don't have a, a better option. That's what you need to do. But it's become this obsession and I think it's all wrapped up in, in players' fear. Uh, their fear of the stat sheet that gets given to them in the locker room, which is what happens, um, and their passing percentage being lower. It's like a man challenge to make sure you have a higher passing percentage than before, otherwise it's embarrassing. Whereas for me, ditch that, get rid of that. That's what I would do. And I'd ask the players to never worry about that statistic. Of course, if they're going to give the ball away consistently, that's not good either. But they don't need to feel like um, they can't be creative and take a risk. And that um, against City... We're not going to have 10 chances to score like we did tonight. So we're going to have two or three, right? Um, perhaps, and, and you know, the chance may not come. The clear-cut chance may never come. We've played these big games where we don't have any clear-cut chances because City are prepared for us. They're well coached. They know what we're going to do. Everybody knows what we're going to do these days. So there's going to have to be some deception involved, a step-over, a dummy, a flick. Uh, a little delicate chip, um, playing Aubameyang in every time he makes a run, just in the hope that one time it connects, which is maybe the one goal that gets us the draw, the win. That's the way I like it anyway. Um, another big positive for me um, yesterday was was Pepe. Uh, you know, I'm not alone, I think, in in finding him frustrating as a player, um, of course, we see there's a high level of talent. The consistency's never quite been there. Um, but I think that the most frustrating thing by far for me with Pepe is his unwillingness to run behind the defence. Uh, so often I'll see a player break through, a defender or a midfielder break through the midfield and run towards him. And it's two on one. There's an overload. Uh, the player's running sort of towards his fullback, and Pepe holds off his run, stays wide, wants the ball to his feet. 
and there's space behind for us to just slide the ball behind and he won't make the run behind. Now, yesterday, he was given so much room that he didn't come to the ball. I don't remember Pepe coming to the ball and wanting it to his feet. He wanted it behind. Um, and I've heard talk of Pepe being uh, a potential option as a second forward. And I think there's a lot of intelligence in that thought. Uh, his best qualities are not actually his dribbling. He's, he's a good dribbler. He can get past his man, often loses it or just gives up and passes it backwards. But it's his finishing. That's when I'm a believer, is when he's in front of goal, I believe he's going to score. When he shot um, and it hit the post, I guess that was probably the move I was talking about. Um, it was actually, yeah, wasn't it? It was El Nenny through to Pepe. He hit the post. I was surprised that Pepe missed, came off the post, Aubameyang scored. But I remember having that emotion that, oh, he he missed. So to me, you've got to get that guy in what I've said for many, many months uh, in the Mo Salah position, which is inside the box. Um, you know, uh, you know, level with the the, the corner of the six-yard box in the, that area um, where he can bend it far post or hit it near post. But either way, he can, uh, he can do that if he's willing to run behind and um, risk again the ball getting to him or not. Maybe, um, I thought this before, maybe he doesn't like to do that because he loves the football. And of course, your chances of touching the football are uh, greater if you stand still and just ask for it to your feet. That's an easier pass, right? Okay. Um, uh, uh, let me add to that just before we move on. I, I will also say that I'm aware um, that we play against the low block most all the time. Uh, even if we're not playing against a team parking the bus, by the time that we have got the ball forward in such a pedestrian manner, the team is low and there's less space behind. But my argument for, for Pepe would be there's still space. There's always space. It's less. The gap's tighter. But when you've got a player like Erdegaard, um, who's going to be the one feeding the ball through now, more often than not, it's possible. And the percentage chances of scoring a goal when you attack are small anyway... So you don't ignore the small opportunity because it's hard to get a big one. I wanted to give some applause to Nuno Tavares. Tavares. Uh, I like his drive. Love players who are direct. I'm not worried that he falls over the ball sometimes and takes a firm touch. That'll happen with um, uh, a player who moves at pace. Um, but um, I'm loving the, the directness and... Um, I've always told my players that the the hardest thing for a defender to stop is a player running at pace. Uh, it's even harder in the professional game than the level that I coach at um, because of diving. My players and opponents don't really dive, especially where I live. Um, they don't. It's not culturally what you do. So in the Premier League, you've got a player running at you and you breathe on him the wrong way and he's going to dive. So someone running at pace has that added uh, value because there's so much more that could go wrong for the opponent. And I think he's going to cause havoc. I think there's going to be penalty kicks that he's going to get. And I think maybe he should have got one yesterday, right? Uh, I want to also give 
some kudos to Lacazette. Um, I've been ready for Lacazette and Aubameyang to move on for a little while, but you know you can't deny that Lacazette has quality if uh, he has desire to match. And that's it for me with Lacazette, really. If uh, if I ever had a chance to coach him, I would love to just encourage him in his desire. And yesterday, I saw that when Pepe went down the wing and cut it back, Lacazette was running into the box at full speed. I didn't think it was him who'd scored for a split second because I've never seen him run at that speed with that much desire to get into a good position. He doesn't seem to have desire normally moving into the box. So I don't know if he's fighting for his Arsenal career or fighting for a move or just fighting for a goal, but um, never doubted his finishing. He just doesn't get many opportunities because his movement's normally so poor and he lacks desire, but kudos there, um, kudos. And finally, um, I want to give credit to Arteta, being a little tougher on him recently. Um, he deserves it, though, I think. Um, and I think that his decision to play the first team was smart. Um, I think most of us sort of expected it. It seemed a, an obvious thing to us because those were the guys that needed encouraging for the City game, not the reserves, and the club did not need to lose another game. But, um, you know, it would have been tempting, I suppose, as a coach to to not play the starters for fear of getting them injured or exhausted for the, for the away game on Saturday. Um, but he did it. I think he had to do it. But I want to give him credit for, for doing it um, because not everybody would have done that. Well, again, hey, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Continue reading the rest of the blog. There's some good stuff in there, I hope. And I always appreciate the support. Cheers.